You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me in the booth, as always, is... The, ho- the horror buddy, Mike. How are you guys doing this week? So we are going to be discussing horror, because horror buddy. Uh, yeah. the, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. We've gone through most of the slasher series at this point. The major ones, anyway. I'm sure we could probably dig up one or two more. But the one that we haven't touched upon yet is the one that, in some ways, I feel... I feel like it's maybe the most divisive in, in <laughs> from certain perspectives. Like it's it's a you love it or you hate it, and if you hate it, it's the exact same reason why other people really love it. And it's yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and that's all because of Freddy. <laughs> Freddy, uh, you know, one of the the Mount Rushmore, I guess, of your slashers uh, yep. that we've talked about, uh, belongs on there absolutely, and mm-hmm. and I think. Early on, um, you know, thinking about some of these first couple movies, he was genuinely, I think, a bit scary. It's yes. when they kind of leaned into the, the the hamminess of him a little bit and like the movies injected more comedy than actual mm-hmm. horror that he, he kind of just lost his punch for me, honestly. Well, I think it's the thing of his original movie was created by Wes Craven. And Wes Craven is, as everyone will acknowledge, a master of horror. He, yep. he, he gets to put that on his business card, or he did until he died, which sad yes, now. Now, I mean, now I mean, on if, his tombstone. <laughs> I mean, if he comes back and continues handing out business cards, I believe he will have earned Master of Horror at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so a, as a Master of Horror, he knew how to craft scares. And the original Nightmare on Elm Street is a very scary movie. The mm-hmm. other one that he did uh, in the main series... Uh, Dream Warriors is a little more comedic, but there's still really good scares and ambiance and vibe to it. And that's what Wes Craven brought to it. Everyone mm-hmm. else who came to it saw, well, Freddy is iconic. Let's focus on Freddy, whether it's in the script or the direction or whatever. And so they mm-hmm. emphasized him more as a character than as a shape, as a presence. Right, right. And, you know, Wes Craven, you know, created this, this, you know, straight monster right here. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll get to, uh, you know, New Nightmare, which I think is one of Freddy's finer works. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best, if not the best, aside from the original. You know, we had the sequel discussion before as well. And uh, I would say this one rivals the scariness of the first one, um, in my opinion. But uh, just really Wes Craven shout out. Uh, great, great uh, man. You will be missed. He will indeed. He he contributed to some of the best horror movies that are out there. And I mean, we could do an entire like podcast just discussing everything he's made, his good and mm-hmm. his bad, because not everything's a winner. But I mean, right. when you take the fact that he did, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street, all the good ones, and that's three, mm-hmm. three of the main seven, and mm-hmm. then the Scream movies of varying qualities but that first one is still a masterful movie all on its own like that cements his legacy before you even take into account anything else that he's done Mm -hmm, for sure so getting on the topic of the actual movies uh, Mm -hmm. let's let's talk about the first one here so the original nightmare on elm street um you know, November Johnny 19th. Jeff Duck die, and that's all you really care about, just watching Johnny yeah. Jeff die. That's it. That's it. We're, we can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most, the vicious deaths. And, it was. You know, it was. In, in, in the movie, I think. You know, that pool of blood I still see in my nightmares. Mm, that, that the spray of it from the middle of the bed. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's yeah. it's something for sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting because it it does definitely defy the conventions that came into effect, even from like the second movie and onwards when Freddy became a real character he mm-hmm. he's he follows in the guise of the other vicious monsters of the time period the the michael myers and the jason Voorhees. even mm-hmm. though he came out like a couple years later so he got to 
be stand in a different bit of territory there. Like watching mm-hmm. the the series evolve and Wes Craven came in to like put his own stamp on the matter, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But then that's part of the reason why Freddy gets to talk, which the other major shapes do not. And like you can see the people who watch it going, we could do more of this, and they make Chucky. And Chucky is just a fucking like foul mouthed little asshole, and it's great. <laughs> but like that comes from Freddy, like adding a talking villain into the whole thing instead of all the presences that just stand there and look menacing. And that was different yeah. at the time because then you got personality from him. Yeah, I was gonna say personality, not presence. You know, yes, good, good choice of words right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, he he's very you know loquacious and verbose. If you want to pull out some like you know thesaurus words right there, um, you know, gregarious killer. Yeah, he he monologues, you know, he likes to draw your fear out and show how much power he has over you when you're in his world. Eventually. Um, His early kills are definitely much more shaped than presence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, even in this first movie, the first couple that he does before he really starts uh, taunting Heather Langenkamp's character, like, Mm -hmm. Nancy, that's her name. Like, he's definitely like a presence, a force, a mysterious something before Mm -hmm. he really, really gets going. And I think that's by design, obviously, as well, mm-hmm. because like you, you don't know this character. You can't just like, you know, introduce him as some slapsticky monologuing yeah. gruesome vicious killer. You gotta like set it up a little bit with some some actual death to kind of get the uh the consequence in there. And um, you know, Freddie, I think it's not going on a limb to say he's got the best personality, I think, out of all of the slashers, considering he has the most. You know, maybe Chucky, you can say, has you know quite a good personality as well. Um, but you know, Freddie just like he does bring something that the others don't. And I think that does set him apart. And um, after rewatching a couple of these, when I knew we were doing it and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sour on Freddie for the most part, yeah. I don't think I gave him enough credit initially. I, I will say that. <laughs> well, it depends on when you approach it because it is something to be said for the fact that only the first movie, well, and it's remake really tries to uh, pretend that Freddie is any kind of mysterious killer, this strange beast that comes in someone's dreams and everyone else only sees the like the after effects of it, the body getting dragged up onto the wall and ceiling, mm. mysteriously getting slashed and dying, Johnny Depp's character getting sucked into a bed and then exploding in a, a river of blood, which, I mean, no one's sad about that one. Um, but th- <laughs> things like that, which, you know, the, the, the real world effects are different. Because after this movie, they start being like, well, we can draw him out into the real world. And it just, yeah. it changes everything. And plus, the mystery's gone. You know who he yeah. is after the first movie. Even the remake can't touch that because, like, you're sitting there going, well, yeah, it's a remake, but you're not changing anything, and we know exactly what you're doing with him. He's still this guy. Yeah, and you, you can't, like, really, you know, you can't put a different stamp on this character than he already has. So yeah. you, you gotta you gotta roll with what you got, and what you got is this, this presence, mm-hmm. um, this shadow that, you know, turns into this thing that pulls you into dreams and, and just slashes you. Um, Which is scary looking. I mean, he's a yeah. grotesquery when he's first yeah. revealed, and the, the blades are quite scary without any context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was very young, and I think I, I can't remember which movie it was, what number, because I was too young to remember. But I remember seeing it come on HBO, and it was the very beginning, so it was like you know the intro in, and I, and I remember seeing them put the glove on, and then the blades come out of the hands, and and like you know the blood dripping down, and I'm like, what is this movie? I'm like five years old, and this is already terrifying. Um, so I do have that vision of my childhood of Freddy, and I, and I wish I knew which one that was. I can't quite remember. It's it got to be one of the, the middle ones. ones. It's yeah, got to be like it's, it's, four or five. I can't remember which one. Yeah. I remember the scene you're talking about, but 
Mm-hmm. I've only watched through the whole series once because the later ones get real ass. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm so. going to go and run the series, I'm doing one, three, and seven, and then skipping. The <laughs> I, and then talking about one, three, and seven, I kind of like two for what it is. Two's I think weird. it's weird. It's a neat idea, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, Freddie. Uh, you know, after being defeated in the first one, you know, trying to find a way to come come back. You know, tries to possess another teenager to do the job for him, and, and kind of like you know, showing a different measure of power that he has a control over these teenagers. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a neat idea. Um, definitely, it, it's a very kind of a campy movie compared to the it first is. one, but it, it's definitely like an interesting concept, I think, because like it kind of sets up you know, some of, of the things Freddie does in some of his other movies of, of, you know, the being able to like kind of work his, his uh, maliciousness through other people um, and try to like, you know, get them to do the job for him. Like he does in, in a movie that we've already talked about at some point that we're going to leave out here. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, he, he a bit of the, the, the puppet master aspect of it, not just like, you know, the actual brute force. Yeah. Well, and it's, there's this, this thing about the second movie, I'm not a huge fan of the second movie. I think the second movie is terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. Partially for the reasons that you basically listed, which is it feels very out of place in comparison to the first one. Freddy's powers are very different. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're watching them in order, you're going to be like, uh, he, he, there's a bit of purestness there. Don't retcon new ways the car- killer can do things in without any kind of explanation, which this movie doesn't bother doing. It doesn't care. Um, <laughs> and it's very campy. Now, it's a campiness that I think if it was in a different movie with like the same basic story, but in a different series, its own movie, I think it'd be better because it's, it's Mm. interesting to note. And this is not a knock against the film. It has a very homoerotic vibe to it with the way that some of the kills play out, the coach getting stripped naked and slapped and then killed. And like the way that uh, Freddie approaches the boy that he's stalking this whole time to take him over. It's very, it's very upfront about where it's some of its uh, leanings lie. And I don't hate that. It's actually an interesting angle because you don't get a lot of gay slasher killers. And I think that's right. that's really interesting to have that perspective this early in the franchise. I just mm-hmm. don't think it really blends in with the franchise, which very distinct rules about like final girls and what his motivations are and everything else, you know? Yeah, you could almost say this was like a one of the few that had like final boy, I guess, yes. with, you know, with uh, Jesse, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, it was it was an interesting take. I can appreciate it for what it is. It's mm-hmm. definitely one of the the weaker entrances of mm-hmm. the franchise. Um, but I mean, as, as a sequel, it, it did try. It did know, try. I'll give it that. Um, it, it wasn't just the same movie over again, which is to its right. credit. But then, I mean, when you look at the third movie, which doesn't do the same movie again, even by as it brings Heather Lincolnkamp back for Nancy to do something else, it finds a new angle without really violating the rules of the first movie in most respects. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, it also just completely ignores the second movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and talking about the third one now, because that's where we are, that's, like, one of my favorites of the mm-hmm. franchise as mm-hmm. well. I, I remember seeing... Yeah, I saw this when I was too young again to see it, because, you know, my grandparents had HBO. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I definitely, like, I remember just the, the whole, like, you know, the, the kid from the wheelchair that Freddie was, you know, puppeteering off the building and pulling him out by his veins and, and the girl who's yeah, the drug addict, like, like trying to, you know, slash him up with some scalpels and Freddie's knives turn into hyperdermic needle syringes. Um, just very like, you know, coming after all these, uh, 
all these characters in the in, in the movie, but their greatest fears, you know, and it's really kind of lays into Freddy really being that master of fear, I think, in this movie. And it's got some campiness to it. Sure. This is where they really start leaning into Freddy calling everybody bitch. <laughs> but at the same time, I, th- I think I think for what it is, uh, this is definitely a strong point in the franchises. This film, it is. It, it has a lot going for it. And a lot of its ideas are really well constructed. And it doesn't put a lot of emphasis on emphasizing the characters of the children that he's going to kill which is very yeah. important like you, you go back and you look at like the second one um which whose subtitle i can't even remember uh he's um like it's the even the characters that you kind of know like the coach are still very stereotyped they're very simple whereas the yeah. characters here and dream warriors actually get some depth to them before they get killed off one by one it's it's much more interesting in that respect. It's it's very much like the work that he would do, Wes Craven would do on his other movies, such as Scream, where mm-hmm. everyone that dies has a distinct personality and you know them. You're not killing the random extras in the background. You're killing the named characters. Yeah, you, you started like you felt like, you know, and again, these were some very young actors and actresses at the time. Uh, but I mean, a young Lawrence Fishburne as Larry Fishburne, like, you know, yep. before you he changed you it. Yeah, you wouldn't think that, like, you know, if you thought now, well, he's Fishburne's in a movie, he's not dying, but he goes, uh, you know, Patricia Arquette in the movie as well. Uh, you know, definitely some star value, I think, in, in, a, in a B, A tier B slash horror movie right here with some of these people, what they ended up doing later on in life. Very interesting. And just, <laughs> this is really good job in this movie, I think, with Freddy just, you know, mm-hmm. appearing menacing again compared to the second one. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to note that Patricia Arquette is in here during her star power phase. While um, the Arquette from the Scream series had to grow into his, David Arquette, because <laughs> he was definitely the lesser Arquette when cast. So. Right. Once upon a time, right? <laughs> Once upon a time, these roles were very reversed here, guys. This is, But there's there's a long line of um, Arquette starring in uh, slasher flicks, because what was it? Um, Bride of Chucky had another one, one of the Ar- Arquettes, Alexis Arquette, who played mm. the, uh, the guy that the... Tiffany kills early in that film. Arquettes and slash movies apparently go together. Look at that. So yeah, yeah. And it started in the eighties. So forty <laughs> years of arquettes and slashers. <laughs> so and I, I gotta say, like as much as the next few are weaker, I don't necessarily hate the Dream Master, which is the fourth film. Like it, it tries to build a connected trilogy, sort of like what the Halloween did with four to five and. Mm-hmm. originally six until they changed that idea six is just mm-hmm. a mess in the halloween series was, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah they, they did a connective plot line from the girl in the asylum getting sent home for four and then freddie kills her but she passes her dream warrior power onto her friend in this fourth right. movie and then the fifth movie dream child picks up with her again and she's pregnant and freddie's trying to like use her sleeping child which connects back to the second movie using a mm-hmm. sleeping person to like break into the real world. There's there's some weird mythology building but a lot of interesting stuff and I feel like as far as extending it in a direct sequel which the series hadn't done before, Dream mm-hmm. Master at least does a better job than anything else in the franchise. Yeah, I agree with that. And and it's definitely um a pretty some some good kills in this movie. Um you know, I like the uh this this really you have, um, you know, Michael Myers with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character and whatnot, and you know, too, uh, not much in the in the um, Friday the Thirteenth series. You get uh, callbacks to previous movies, good or bad, uh, with these characters. There's a real theme in this franchise of kind of just sticking with, you know, the Elm Street part of this. You know, people in this one area being affected by what's going on, which I can really appreciate. 
Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. And the, you're right, the kills are better here, although they're starting to feel kind of beat here in comparison. Like, there's nothing as potent as the glove coming up almost killing Nancy in the bathtub or that right. gout of blood for Johnny Depp, which I'm never going to stop <laughs> emphasizing because it's hilarious. Um, I believe when they did that, too, like, they filmed it and just had the, the film upside down mm-hmm. so the blood would come out that way. And, mm-hmm. like, you, you can see it. But, I mean, as a kid, boy, did that affect you. <laughs> there's a lot of simple techniques in that first movie that work well like freddie pushing his way through the wall to like hang over heather langenkamp's character and it's just like Mm -hmm. a latex wall painted like wallpaper it's so simple and you notice it when it happened like now that you know but when you first saw it the first time you're like oh my god that's disturbing yeah really great use of practical effects Mm -hmm. i think you know and you know there's some great movies out there that use practical effects very well. And this is no exception. I think there's some really good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Dream child though, is a complete piece of trash, not only for terrible kills, like the, what the one where he like stuffs a girl until he dies and some other <laughs> dumbass shit in there, the roach motel and stuff like that was him at high camp mode where it's every kill has to be a joke. And it's not about yeah. the characters. It's about Freddie. And then the whole whole thing with him, like not only possessing the child in her belly, but also her meeting the child who's like the seven year old now uh, just th- that she can meet. And Freddie being the spawn of a nun raped by a thousand patients. Like there's just there's too much going on in this stupid movie. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of like I, you feel like they're trying to maybe tie up some loose ends here and mm-hmm. really connect everything together. And while I was praising that in the previous movie, this is where you're, you're tightening strings a little too much, I think. <laughs> yeah, No, it's 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 retcons for the sake of retcons and like just layering story on top of story. And like, don't get me wrong. Freddie needed a little bit of story to explain why he was killing the Elm Street kids, but you get that in the first movie and then kind of reemphasize in the third one. He was killed by the parents of the Elm Street ones because Freddie was going after their children, and now he's stalking their children in dreams. You know what? That right there, that that single PowerPoint slide, that's all we need. We don't we yeah. don't need to know what how he was conceived or who his mother was or anything. That doesn't have any bearing on the fact that he's a fucked up dude who likes <laughs> to kill children. Okay? That's yeah, all we needed. Yeah. Yeah, taking pleasure out of torturing, you know, kids and you know, particularly little girls even at that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this this guy, um, he's vicious enough uh, yep. by trying, you know, by without trying to interject something else in there. And it was it was an attempt. It, it was an attempt. I'll leave it at that. It was an attempt. An attempt was made. The meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five is bad. Six is just as bad. Maybe mm-hmm. worse. Like I'm torn on which one is better or worse six it has the unfortunate thing of like supposedly tying off the franchise freddy's dead is the name of it uh while also working in completely unnecessary 3d effects so unnecessary to the point that if you watch the movie without 3d glasses on a 2d transfer you don't even know where the 3d was supposed to have been put in because it's just so unobtrusive that it doesn't feel like they needed 3d at all <laughs> and the kills are terrible. Like the, the movie loses me at the very first kill, where a kid fly, one of the teens flies in an airplane, or mm-hmm. like it's a dream. I, I'm going to be honest with you; I can barely remember this movie because it's so boring. Um, <laughs> and then, like the kid falls out of the plane, and Freddy mm-hmm. slowly pushes in a mattress with nails in it, so the kid lands on it. And I'm like, what? What <laughs> is this? Isn't stalking any? This is not you being a shape. This is you being an acme cartoon character. 
yeah a lot a lot of like you know wily e. coyote feels yes it, it was it was uh this is peak freddy humor i humor. guess i'd call it quote and, unquote and, yeah yeah it, it just it it works in some instances and this movie it, it doesn't do it for me no. um no, this is I, trash. I don't I don't care that much about the characters in this movie either uh, compared to the other ones. I yeah. care, I guess you could say you care about Freddy because he's Freddy, but I have mm. no attachment to any of these yeah. other people and, and you're trying, but no. Whatever attachment I had to Freddy went out the window in the previous film when he was given a backstory I didn't need. Like yeah. th- at that point, if you're going to continue maintaining this continuity, I'm kind of out. I'm checked out at the very minimum, but mm. like, yeah, it's th- that sequence with the bed and everything that comes after. If, it had been done as a Saturday morning cartoon. It wouldn't have felt any more out of place. In fact, it might have worked better because at least then we have context for why he's <laughs> acting so stupid, you know? Yeah, this, this felt very made for TV yes. when it came out. And yes. it, it, it was not, and maybe it should have been. It takes the franchise until Wes Craven came back. It was like, you know what? We're going to ditch everything, and we're going to yeah. do this again. By doing a yeah. very meta movie about a the filming of a Nightmare on Elm Street ser- series entry. Right? With Heather Langenkamp coming back. And it just, like, it's so weird that it kind of just works on its own without any context. Okay, so this movie came out uh, 94. New, New Nightmare. And then 96 was Scream. I was curious. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember when he was Scream playing in that realm. Yeah, it, you could yeah. feel like, you know, the, the stab aspect of Scream in this movie. Yep. Um, and I was wondering what inspired the other. And, and it was Freddie. And I'm glad, actually, because he mm-hmm. should have come first. Oh, yeah. No, um, no this, this is absolutely a proto Scream. This is like Wes doing this movie. And then when like Kevin Williamson's script floats past Dimension Films, they're like, you know, he did a movie <laughs> just like this. Do you think he might be interested in doing another one? Yeah, and yeah. It's funny. I'm I'm looking at like the Wikipedia here of of all the nightmares, and like you look at like the new nightmare and directed by screenwriter, story by Wes Craven, just across the board right yes. there. And and yes. you you can tell you in know. this movie, and it There's doesn't passion. have. Yeah, it doesn't have great numbers if you want to be like you know uh, like you know box office like meta kind of thing. You know? Yeah, it, it only garnered less than twenty million, but this movie is scary. Mm-hmm. This movie has garnered a cult following in the years since it's you know come out, and mm-hmm. I think it's well deserved. This is this feels like probably the strongest entry of the franchise compared to the first one. Well, it has uh, vision. And I think really exactly. the, yeah, it, it, it's doing something different. And that's, that's something that needs to be rewarded in horror movies. Once you've done something in a horror movie, it's hard to get the scares again because all you're doing is redoing the same thing. That's why we go on and on about how good the first Halloween is and then have meh feelings about everything that came afterwards. Because right. how do you reinvent it if you're still going to maintain that? I, the credit again goes to John Carpenter for realizing uh, the gas was running out of the tank with Halloween 2, and they tried to do something different for Halloween 3. They didn't do a good job of it. There's no defending yeah. that. But the yeah. idea of being like, let's just make an anthology. like, like, And they, 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 they do do this with the Nightmare series. They give the Freddy's Tales or whatever the fuck it was called, the TV series. That, By the way, I tried to watch yeah. it. It's wretched. Don't go watch it. It's, it's really bad. But I'd forgotten that was even a thing. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah it's really bad. Freddy's Nightmares, maybe that was what it was called. I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway, something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was it was terrible because the production value was not good. And you could tell no one that actually cared about the series was involved. But when you go to a movie like New Nightmare, it takes the meta concept of they're making a nightmare on Elm Street. And because of that, Freddy is using it as a way to break out into the real world and kill the mm-hmm. people 
making the movie instead of just killing kids in the movie. Like that's, that's a twist that works. And because it's not set in the same quote unquote world, you can suddenly just have like all kinds of new rules and it feels fair for once. Yeah, I agree. Uh, really great job in this movie. Um, getting back to its roots mm-hmm. of, of horror, you know, like just the 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 claw, like you know, even like creeping around and taking on like almost an emphasis of its own, you know, with Freddy controlling it and you can't see him. Just very creepy stuff in this movie. Um, I love it. I'm gonna watch it again uh, soon because I I enjoyed it and forgotten how much I liked it. It is it is really good, and it, it it's mm-hmm. it's a top recommend there again. If you're gonna do the series and you don't feel like you want to watch through all the dreck of the series, then all you mm-hmm. really need to do is watch 1, 3, and 7, which, by coincidence, isn't just the only ones that have Wes Craven involved in any respect. <laughs> but, but, but I'm noticing a trend here. <laughs> it's also the only ones that have Heather Lankenkamp involved. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, one of the, uh, the screen, screen queens, queens of this sort of franchise, you know, and you got to give her credit where credit's due. And it's interesting because she's remained in horror, even if you don't see her acting very often. She's She opened, I believe, with her husband, a creature effects studio. And mm-hmm. I think even her husband was involved in New Nightmare, if I'm not mistaken, remembering that as the one of the creature mm-hmm. effects guys. So, like, she, mm-hmm. she, she got her roots here and she's remained in the industry because she likes it. She's good at it. So stick what you know, stay in your lane and do it well. I mean, why not? Yep. Uh, Freddy versus Jason came out and we have already discussed this. That was the next movie in the series. And it's it's fine. It's It's fine. fine. It it gives you those two Titans going up against each Mm -hmm. other. um, And, you know, Freddy, that really, again, getting back to Freddy, you know, pulling the strings, puppet Mm -hmm. master, getting Jason to do the dirty work for him. um, It's a good way of doing it. Yeah, he he does a good job. I'll give him that. Um, But it's it's. It belongs in the realm, I guess, but it's not part of the franchise, in my opinion. No, it feels it feels much closer in like style and intent to, on the Friday the Thirteenth side than it does on like mm-hmm. the good of the nightmare side. And that's because well, I mean that's yeah. because it feels much more like a bad nightmare movie than a good one with Wes Craven involved because he wasn't right because exactly. he wasn't yeah, exactly. And then okay, I'm torn on the last one because. It's not exactly a shot for shot, but it's basically a scene for scene remake. The 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street is just a mm-hmm. remake of the first one, and they don't really change anything. Uh, it does no. similar sequences. It does similar kills. It does all the same backstory. But at the same time, if you're not going to bring Robert Englund back as Freddy, who is iconic as Freddy and does such good work in the role, even when given absolute garbage, Jackie mm-hmm. Earl Haley was a absolutely inspired choice for the role yeah he very good choice um you know great horror roles to his credit as well mm-hmm. uh and you know He's very scary. iconic actor he is He's and scary. i thought he did a good if 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 robert unglin wasn't freddie i could see this being like you know a new generation's mm-hmm. freddie I, mm-hmm. I could see it he did the role justice the movie was good in its own right uh it wasn't great but i mean when you try to copy the original that's already you know quite good it's and try to just you know maybe interject some um you know modernization to it and whatnot it it, it does an okay job but i mean to your point how do you have a freddie movie without freddy yeah yeah well it's it's interesting because i don't like if you watch it on its own in its own right and i did when mm-hmm. i watched it i watched it separately from everything else the first time just to give mm-hmm. it its own vibe i didn't try and catch up with the series because you know they were saying it was a remake why bother watching mm-hmm. anything else so it stands alone decently well 
it stands alone as a photocopy. And that's because that's what it is. Aside from mm-hmm. Jackie Earl Healy as, like, Freddie, who did, puts his own spin on the role, and to his credit, he's fantastic. Uh, right. Because it's a photocopy in all other respects, though, you're sitting there going, I've seen this. I, I feel like I've seen this before. I've, I've, there's no mystery here. I, I've seen this. If you didn't see any of the movies beforehand and you went in only to watch this one, it's good. It's a good yeah. nightmare. But if you've seen the first one, you're sitting there going, you didn't. It's not like with like for yeah. the Friday the 13th where they did a quote unquote remake and like retold the opening and then gave you a new adventure with Jason. This is just a photocopy. Yeah, it's it's the same thing, just you know, twenty mm-hmm. plus years later, uh, revamped. Um, it's done well, yeah. and I think to your point, if you watch this in uh, in its own oh, little, its own. you know, vacuum here, it's a good movie. It's a scary movie. You know, Freddy is uh, menacing, yep. and and I think does a really good job in this movie. But you, it's tough to really be a huge fan of something that was just like you said almost a carbon copy of the original not quite scene for scene but basically you know tit for tat yeah so it's it's okay like that i mean it's fine but on its own it's a good movie it belongs uh as one of the better movies in the franchise but it's i think this one kind of almost has to stand over to the side you know at the kids table yeah, on its own. it does it does it gets a kids table with the saturday morning cartoon version of freddie exactly. six <laughs> <laughs> oh well it's credit to jackie earl healy i feel bad that he got stuck with this movie for his performance yeah. as freddie it wasn't it wasn't him it wasn't him like it wasn't he, him he was good. You get you get the vibe. They would have done something different for the sequel had a sequel happened, but it didn't. So yeah, and <laughs> we're coming up on 13 years since that last one. You know, maybe soon. I mean, these things come and go. Uh, we'll see what they do. Maybe we'll <laughs> release the Healy cut of, of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but do it better this time. Do it better this time. <laughs> <laughs> But with that, this has been Not So Life from Asteroid G. Not stalking your nightmares, we swear, but maybe we are. And just ignore the claw hand that we have. I'm Mike Finkelstein. And I'm your buddy Mike. I'll see you next time, bitch. (laughs) Have a good night, everyone. Bye.